Welcome to the Nations Church Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. We're going to jump straight into the Word of God. And if you're not standing, I want to invite you to stand in your room just for the reading of the Word of God. It says this in Colossians chapter number 3, verse number 14. Reading from the New Living Translation, I believe. It says this, Above all these. Turn to your neighbour and say above. Just in case they didn't hear, hear you, maybe you've got someone on the other side. Turn to the person on the other side, say above. Above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Above all these, put on love. If you're taking notes today, the title of the sermon, the title of what I feel the Holy Spirit wants to stir in you and in me is simply this, put on love. Because I believe that God wants you to win people in your world. I believe God wants to use you. There is an assignment on your life, but I believe the invitation from the Holy Spirit today is that we would first be a church and a people that would put on love, that above all things, above all else, above all other virtues, above all other responsibilities, our priority this season would be firstly to put on love. I'm gonna quickly pray and we're gonna jump straight into it. Father God, I pray that you'd minister, you'd speak. And that today would be a day where we all choose to put on love in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Everyone said? Amen. Amen. Give God one last clap of praise. You can take your seat. Thank you so much, Jill. Take your seat in this room as well. Put on love. Now, I want to share a quick story. Uh, A few years back, many years back actually, uh, I was traveling and I got to go on a holiday somewhere uh, and I was going overseas and back when we could fly, do you guys remember those days? Does everyone remember what an airplane looks like? They're like a big metal tube with wings. Um, They're fascinating inventions. And so um, I I was on this airplane and at this season and this time of my life, I was excited and I was passionate because I wanted to see people come to know Jesus. I felt like... I wanted to see every single person I talked to come to know the love of God. I don't know if you've ever been there where you've had a season in your life where it was like, man, you were just passionate to see people come home to God. And it was almost like every opportunity you could take, you'd want to give it. I remember that's what it was like for me. And so I'm sitting there and I'm on this airplane and I'm just like, okay, I I kind of have decided in my heart already, it doesn't matter who's sitting next to me, I'm going to be telling them about God today. I'm going to be telling them about Jesus. I'm going to be praying for them. I'm believing today. This is a divine appointment for them. And so I'm sitting there and then down this airplane aisle comes this big, you know, kind of like me, jacked dude walking down. And I was like, okay, I wonder if this is, and he sits next to me and it's this massive German guy. And I was like, oh, hey, how you doing? My name's Matt. And as I'm introducing myself, I'm thinking in my head, okay, I've got to somehow bring Christ into the conversation. And I was like, hey, I, I'm Matt. What's your name? And this is back when we could shake hands. So he shakes my hand. He's like, uh, my name is Christian. And I was like, oh. Well, you wouldn't believe it. I am a Christian. And he goes, cool. And I was like, well, um, tell me, uh, how long have you been called Christian? <laughs> And so I start this conversation going and he's, you know, a bit standoffish, 
talking through and then I try and work in. I was like, well, you know, I haven't always been a Christian. And I start sharing my testimony with him. And I'm just sharing a story about how at 11 years old, I encountered the power of God. And I asked him, have you ever experienced anything like this before? And he was like, uh, no, not, not really. And I was like, well, what would you like to experience him? And he's like, oh, I don't mind. And I was like, well, how about, and I, I'm, you know, I'm getting bold, I'm getting stirred. And in my mind, I'm like, imagine if this guy encounters God right now. Imagine if he experiences God, how awesome would that be? So I was like, hey, could I pray for you to encounter the power of God? And he was like, yeah, <laughs> you know, he didn't really have anything else to say. So I placed my hand on him. I pray this prayer. Literally, we, we haven't even taken off out of the ground yet. And I'm like, God, I pray, would you touch him? Would you fill him with your power, God? Would you move in his life? I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, fill him. Amen. Amen. He's like, thank you. <laughs> Did you feel anything? No. <laughs> I was like, awesome. <laughs> and then I faced the front. <laughs> And realized I have seven hours ahead of me <laughs> with this man who thinks I'm a psycho. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever had a time in your life where you've done the right things, you said the right things, but you forgot to first put on something. See, in that moment, I, there's nothing that I did that was wrong. Yes, we should pray for people. Hello. Yes, we need to tell people about Jesus. Yes, we need to be bold enough to talk to someone that we don't know and be willing to share our faith with them. But if I'm honest, in that moment, there was something that I forget, forgot to first put on. And that was a genuine love for Him. Hear me. I was more interested in me getting my result than I was about actually caring for His soul. If I'm... Being totally transparent today, I was thinking about what a cool story this could be one day more than I was thinking about his eternal destiny. And you know, it's kind of like when I'm talking about putting on love today, the best analogy I can think of is kind of like the top button of a shirt. And so I decided to wear a shirt today to illustrate this. And so I don't know if you've ever worn a shirt before, but when you wear a shirt, if you put on the top button first, without even trying all the other buttons naturally come into alignment. But you know what we often do? If you're anything like me, is sometimes above all these things, I forget to put on love and so I start somewhere else. And it's not that there's anything wrong with those things, but I decide, you know, I'm, I'm gonna be zealous for the Lord and I put on my zeal for God. And you know what, I'm, I'm going to pray for someone. I'm going to believe God that, that, that they're going to experience Him. So I put on prayer. And I'm like, you know what? They probably need a testimony in there as well. So I, I've got it. I'm going to put on my testimony this season. And I'm going to be ready and willing to share my testimony with everyone and anyone who asks. And, um, you know, you're kind of looking for your opportunity. Like, oh, there's one. Uh, here's my testimony. And you put on your testimony. And you're like, yes, God, I'm ready to reach people for you. And then Monday comes round. Going into my week, this is my week metaphorically. How exciting. And we're in, we're in our weeks, we're in our lives. And all of a sudden, would you like to come to my Easter production? You, you need to get better taste in people. <laughs> or maybe, 
I pray for you? <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Nothing that I'm saying is wrong. But if we're honest, it doesn't quite look quite right. Let, let me put it to you this way. You can still do the right things. But if we do them in the wrong order, we can get the wrong outcome. You know, last week, yeah, we can give God a clap of praise to that while I uh, resort my buttons out again. Last week, we heard an amazing message from Pastor Richard Johnston, and he shared the scripture, and I want to go there with us today, because I believe this principle is so clear in scripture. It says this in the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter number 13, verse number 1 to 3. It says this, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, who here wants all faith? How awesome is that? All faith so that I could remove mountains. This is incredible. This isn't bad things. It's not like if I sin a lot and I'm a terrible person. No, these are like great things, credible things. All faith to move mountains. And, but I have not love. I am nothing. If I give away all I have and if I deliver up my body to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. You know that first line says, if I speak the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Though we are speaking, it's not clear what we are saying. And I want to submit to you today that when we choose to be a church that rightfully tells people about God, invites to church, does the stuff, but forgets to put on love, even though we are still speaking, it doesn't quite sound right. It doesn't quite resonate right. There's something slightly off with it. Why? Because the Bible says above all these things put on love. It doesn't say after all these things. It doesn't say in addition to. No, it says above all these things. In other words, as first priority, as most important, as the highest goal of your life, put on love. And I'm here to tell you today, National Church, I believe the Lord is stirring us in this season. Would you be someone that puts on love this season? Above all these things, above every goal, every agenda, would you be someone who chooses to put on Love. Above all these things, put on love. And I don't know about you, but sometimes we can hear a message. I can hear a message like this. And it's like, awesome. I'm going to put on love this season. And we can sometimes swing the total other way. Where we go, you know what? I'm going to put on love and nothing else. I'm going to be a kind person. I'm going to love people. I'm going to be genuine. But it's almost like in that place, we leave all the witnessing to the Holy Spirit. And we expect that our love and our good deeds are going to be enough to bring people to Christ. I want to tell you today, as important as love is, the reality is people still need to hear the good news of Jesus. As important as it is, yes, to be kind. Yes, to have a life that backs up what we preach. There is no substitute for the proclamation of the gospel. When Jesus gave the Great Commission, it wasn't to demonstrate the gospel. It wasn't to present the gospel. No, it was to proclaim the gospel, to preach the gospel. And the Bible even says this in Romans 10, verse number 14. How can they believe? in him if they have never heard about him. There is still an onus upon you and I to be a people that proclaim and share the gospel, the love of Jesus Christ, the truth of God with people. 
And so putting on love is not an exclusion clause for not sharing the gospel or sharing the truth of God. At the same time, sharing the truth and telling people the love of God without actually putting on love, it can come across wrong. And so we're in this tension between we want to put on love, but we also want to share the truth with people. And so what do we do in this tension? And I believe the answer for us is hidden in this scripture found in Mark chapter 10, verse number 17, about a rich young ruler. Has anyone ever heard the story of the rich young ruler before? Come on, if you've got your Bible, I want to invite you to go with me to the book of Mark chapter number 10, verse number 17. It says this, and as he, being Jesus, was setting out on his journey. A man ran up to him and knelt before him and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You alone know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, Teacher, all these I have kept from my youth, and Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, you lack one thing, go sell all that you have and give to the poor, and, if, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. I want to zoom in on verse 21 here, because I believe there is a key, where it says, Jesus, looking at him, loved him, and said to him, you lack one thing. Go sell all that you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Jesus looked at him, loved him, and then said to him. The Bible doesn't say Jesus looked at him and loved him and said, you know what? You're a great dude. Have a great day. And didn't share anything else with him. It also records that Jesus didn't go, well, you need to get your act together. You need to be a better person and start firing all this stuff. No, no, the Bible deliberately, I believe the author of the book of Mark, deliberately put this phrase in there and he loved him. So that it will be evident to us. It's not an option between telling people the truth and loving people. It's not an either or, it's a both. And we need to put on love, but we also need to be bold in our faith. We need to put on love, but we need to share our testimonies. We need to put on love, but we also need to invite to church. Hello, we need to put on love, but we also need to tell people the truth of what they need to hear. Jesus loved first and spoke the truth second. And if you're writing notes, I want to encourage you to write this down. Love doesn't negate the truth, but love speaks the truth. It's easy to say, oh, no, I don't really talk to people about Jesus, but I love them. You know, I love people. My actions speak louder than my words. Well, can I tell you this? humbly today and as a brother in Christ not condemning the reality is there is still a need for people to hear and so the option isn't I'm just going to love and be kind no we need to put on love but we also need to be bold to take steps of our faith as well we need to share the truth of the gospel with people now maybe you're hearing the story a little bit confused like okay he told him to sell everything Let's just back up a little bit. I'm not saying today that the truth of the gospel is that you need to sell all your possessions and give to the poor before coming to know Jesus. Could you imagine if that was our altar calls in church? You know, instead of I see that hand, you know, lift your hand high, it's put your hand in your pocket and uh, sell your car right now and then go, go on real estate and sell your house and then go to your banking. No, no, we, we, that would be nuts. The issue in this story, salvation does not come by works. This is not a reward. Even the rich young ruler didn't get saved because he was good enough or because he did the right thing. What Jesus was simply doing was sharing the truth that the young ruler needed to hear to set him free. 
See, Jesus recognized that this young ruler, though he was willing and earnest to do the right thing, he was under bondage to money and to finance. He was under bondage. He had something that was in his life that was higher than God. And the reason we know it was higher than God is because when God said to give it up, he went away sad and it never records whether he obeyed God or not. See, Jesus loves you so much, he will not hide the truth from you. Jesus loves you so much, he'll tell you what you need to hear. And yes, it might feel uncomfortable. Hello, has anyone ever had Jesus tell you something that's a little bit uncomfortable? Have you ever had a time where Jesus has corrected you? Yes, it's corrective and it's difficult, but we can never deny this uh, true fact that he always does it in love. He always says what is best for us. His, His correction is never void of his love for us. And although it's not an onus upon everyone to sell all your possessions. The truth of the gospel is this. In Luke 14, verse 33, Jesus said, and this is heavy, and this is hard to take in. He said this, So therefore, if any of you want to, uh, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Though the reality is you do not have to sell your possessions to become a Christian. You don't have to give up and literally sell everything. The reality is following Jesus will cost you everything. And I believe in this hour, God is bringing us back to a place of not downing and watering down the gospel for people. He's bringing us back to a place where we don't make it easier. We don't say we're loving people by lying to them. And say, oh yeah, just be good. No, no, God wants his truth to be preached, but he wants it to be preached from a place of love for the person. I believe God is wanting us to get back to a place of sharing the truth with people, even if it is a little bit uncomfortable. Because can I tell you this? The gospel is an uncomfortable message. Come on. The gospel isn't God loves you. He wants to give you chocolate and have a great life. And if you don't want him, all good. No. The gospel is clear. Those that believe and are baptized will be saved, but those who do not repent and believe will be condemned. This is not optional extras. This is life and death. And I believe God in this hour is wanting to restore the urgency of the gospel to the church, wanting to restore the power of the gospel to the church. I believe sometimes in our life, we don't see the responses we want to the gospel because we're not sharing the gospel as it truly is. Just recently at our youth camp, a few months ago, I had a young man uh, talking to me, who's from a, a, a Hindu background, and I was just asking him, you know, after one of the sessions, we were sitting there talking about faith, and I asked him, bro, have you, um, are you, would you call yourself a Christian? He's like, oh, to be honest, I'm not, not, not really sure. And I was like, well, I kind of just shared the gospel with him. I shared how God loved him. God died from him. He rose again. If you follow him, you'll be saved. You'll go to heaven. You'll experience life. And his response to me was like, uh, yeah, no, I think I'll do that. And, I'll, and, and I'm, and I'm going to do Hinduism as well. I'm going to do both religions at the same time. And in that moment, I had a decision to make where I could just pastorally be like, oh, good on you, bro. We're all on a journey. And encourage him in his deception, thinking that you can have your cake and eat it too, thinking that you can live for yourself and expect Jesus to honor you. Or I had an opportunity to actually share the reality of the gospel with him. And in that moment, I decided, you know what, as uncomfortable as it was, and it wasn't harsh, he was very hearing, it was a very great uh, conversation. I got to just share with him the reality of this. If you follow Jesus, you do have to give up everything. If you follow Jesus, it will cost you. I think so often we water down the gospel, pretending that it's not going to cost people their life. And then when it starts to cost them something, they walk away. But Jesus illustrates to us, hey, count the cost first, build the house later. And I believe we need to get back to a place of telling people, you know what? Yes, your eternity matters, but to follow Jesus, it will cost you everything. If we want a proper response to the gospel, we need to present the gospel properly. And so in that moment, I asked him, bro, do you want to 
invite Jesus to be the Lord of your life? Do you want to surrender your life to Christ? And he thought about it and he's like, ah, oh, maybe when I'm 18, man, maybe when I'm a bit older, maybe in a bit of time. And I was like, you know what, that's okay. Because as much as we can present, the Holy Spirit is the one who convicts. As much as we can talk to people, it's not your job to save anyone. You can't even save yourself. I can't save myself. We are all in need of a Savior and His name is Jesus. I could not achieve it. And so we fast forward to the next day and I see him after a session. He comes up. He's chatting a bit more with me and asked him again, literally, bro, would you like to give your life to Jesus Christ? And, uh, no, I'm not sure. That's okay. I'm not going to twist anyone's arm. It's got to be their decision. That's cool. And I'll never forget the end of summer camp, as the final night session is finished and we're starting to pack down, he runs up to me. He's got tears in his eyes and he's like, I gave my life to Jesus tonight. Come on, can we just thank God for that? And this wasn't just a one-off moment. He's still in our youth ministry today. I had a great chat with him just over the weekend. God, he is still following Jesus. Why am I sharing this story? Because I want to suggest to you today that if we want people to properly respond to the gospel, we got to get back to properly presenting the gospel. And yes, you don't have to sell your possessions, but the reality is if anyone would come after Christ, you must deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow Him. And I believe when we get back to preaching the truth in love, we will see the results we are wanting to. You can't have Jesus and your other religion. You can't have Jesus and your tarot cards or your crystals. No, the cause to follow Christ is to give up everything, to deny yourself. Why? Because you don't know what's best for you. I don't know what's best for me. When we don't deny ourselves, it's telling God, I think I know what's better. But when we give up our lives and say, Jesus, I'll follow you no matter the cost, it says to God, I trust you. You are in control. You're not just Savior. You are Lord. You are Master. And I believe God is coming back for a church where people have made Him Lord. Not incorporated them in, but submitted their life to Christ. Some of you today, I want to challenge you and encourage you. Maybe the transformation you're lacking in your life is a result of your lack of submission to Christ. So many times we want God to change us. But for me, I, I believed in Jesus at 11. I encountered him. It wasn't until I was 14 I decided to follow him. And can I tell you, my life was unchanged until I was 14. I believed in God, but I was living like hell. I was living in sin. I was struggling. I was depressed. I was empty. But the moment I gave up my life and followed Him, that's where my life began. And the good news is this. If you give up your life and follow Jesus with everything, you will be blessed not only eternally, but temporarily in this life as well. You know, love doesn't negate the truth. And I believe in this season, God is wanting us to put on love and to share with people the reality of what Jesus has done for them. Is this okay? Are you guys alive? So I, I know it's hard hitting and I'm not coming from a place of feeling like I'm better or I've arrived. I'm still on this journey myself. But I believe today God is wanting us to put on love. Why? Because when you put on love, everything else comes into alignment already. Oh, I, I want to illustrate this. You know, flashback to that story where I'm sitting next to Christian awkwardly. The conversation had finished now, and I'm just like, I don't know what to do. I've got seven hours next to this guy, and I, do I ignore him? Do I just pretend it didn't happen? Do I put on a movie? You know, I was confused. And so I stopped trying to twist his arm into praying a prayer, and I just started having a conversation with him. I actually started taking an interest in what he was interested in, which apparently was kite surfing. 
And he was sharing how Perth is one of the best kite surfing places because we're so windy over here and the Swan River is fantastic. And he gets out his phone and he's showing me all these kite surfing pictures. And I'm like, this is awesome, bro. Kite surfing's the best. You know, I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I'm taking an interest in what he's interested in. And there wasn't this obligation. This wasn't this pressure. I was just genuinely trying to care for him. I felt the Lord challenged me to focus less on an outcome, focus more on connecting and loving him. Because if we just tell people the truth but don't connect with them, we're presenting the wrong God to them. Because God doesn't just want you to change. He wants to connect with you. He wants to know you. He wants a relationship with you. Jesus didn't just die to get you to heaven. He died to get himself into you. And so we're just talking, talking life, literally for like 30, 40 minutes, just sharing conversation. It was like the, the, the ball was rolling. And in that moment of conversation, I found myself, you know, he's asking questions about life and church and things. So I'm just sharing my testimony with him. And he's hearing about how I, I came to Jesus and invited my life. And one thing led to another. And I asked him, you know, after sharing my, my, my experience with God, I said, hey, would you like to give Jesus a go? Would you like to open your heart to him and surrender your life? And he looked at me as like, yeah, I would like that. And right there and then on that plane, we said a prayer together and he invited Jesus into his life to be his Lord and Savior. I'm believing that as he got back to Germany, I'd encourage him to check out churches and get connected and all that. But you know what's amazing is God could do what I couldn't do when I chose to do what he asked me to. See, when you put on love, the opportunity is aligned. When you put on love, the opportunity to pray. Yes, I still needed to talk to him. Yes, I still need to pray with him and share my testimony. All, that, all, all the stuff we get so caught up doing. But can I tell you, when I decided to put on love above all these things, it wasn't arduous and hard. It became clear and straightforward. Why? Because when you put on love above all these things, everything else comes into line. And I believe the solution for you, when you put on love, you can expect God to bring opportunities your way. When you put on love, you can expect yourself to be in a conversation and the Holy Spirit whispers, hey, share your testimony. Hey, invite that person to the Easter service. Share the gospel with them. Maybe it's random. You might feel God prompt you, take them out for coffee, have them over for a meal. I don't know what the opportunity that God will bring you away, but I know this, if you can put on love, He can provide the opportunity for you. And so my question for you today, this Easter time is this, will you put on love? I want to take the evangelism pressure off you to feel like you've got to perform and be something. No, no, would you just simply put on love and take the opportunity as it comes? Take the invitation as the Holy Spirit presses you because if you can put on love, God can provide the opportunities for you because He wants people that won't just share the truth of what people need to hear but share the love of God as well. I want to invite the worship team to come join me. And maybe you're here today and you're like, yeah, cool. You know, I, I, I want to put on love. I, wa I want to do that. But if I'm honest, it's hard. How many of you know it's, it, it's hard to love people sometimes? <laughs> Come on. Sometimes it is challenging. And so maybe like, I, I want to put on love, but I don't know how. It's like, how do you put on a jacket you don't own? Well, the Bible says this in Galatians 5, verse number 22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. I want to say that again. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. The fruit of the Spirit is love. The fruit 
of the Spirit is love. I don't know about you, but last time I saw an apple tree, you know what I did not see it doing? I did not see it standing in a field going, oh, apples! There they are. I, I, don't know, I don't know what the trees are like where you are, but here in Perth, at least on the south side of the river, trees are not yelling and screaming for apples and magically appearing. No, no, no. You know what they're doing? This. The branch is simply staying connected to the vine. And without performing, without trying, without challenging itself, without striving, by simply remaining, the fruit is produced. I want to challenge you, the fruit of the Spirit is love, not the fruit of you. It's His fruit, not yours. And some people, maybe it's a challenge for you, this whole idea of put on love. How do I care for people I I don't know about? You don't know what that looks like, I believe. Come to the Holy Spirit today. Choose to take that posture like a tree of remaining and abiding. Say, God, here I am. I need your help today. I ask that you help me to put on love. And in that place, without you trying, without you striving, without you doing all these things and just you staying connected to the Holy Spirit, bang, the fruit will appear. If you want to be someone who puts on love this season, be someone who abides in the presence of God. And so this Easter, there is an invitation to stay connected to the vine. That is Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening to the Nations Church podcast. For more info, please visit nationschurch.com.